1: I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it.
2: Rise and shine, nerds.
3: You're tuned in to episode 480. (laughs) 20 away.
2: So 479, you forgot (laughs) your lines, is that correct? (laughs)
3: Of the Back Row Morning Show, proudly a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I am Radio Matt, the station manager and a nerd culture missionary here at LTN. I'm a third generation radio dude and a lifelong nerd.
2: And I'm Mo, the chief cohort in Crazy, here to bring the facts and fire to your day, possibly only here for a little while longer, while Matt puts up with me, but enjoying my coffee. You're going to kick me off the show. Why? Because of my shenanigans.
3: Oh, you have more shenanigans? Always. (laughs)
2: I have so many shenanigans
3: planned, I am foreseeing you kicking me off today. Today on the show, Spider-Man, a trilogy of grief.
2: Also on the show today, threatening your own life
3: for science. There we go. That's (laughs) the right way to read that one. But first, today is Thursday, May 12th, 2022, and we got some holidays to celebrate. Well, one.
2: Yeah, a holiday. A
3: singular unholiday.
2: And... It may not be a holiday for everybody. <laughs> it's National Nutty Fudge Day.
3: I am a fan.
2: I, if I'm going to have Especially fudge...
3: Especially if it's a brownie with walnuts in it. Uh, fudge brownie with walnuts. It's not brownies. You don't know. I do don't know. not know what the fudge could be. The fudge, fudge is fudge. It's, <laughs> what the fudge? What the fudge, y'all? <laughs> fudge is fudge.
2: No, it's... <laughs> Ay, ay, ay.
3: Get the fudge out of here.
2: <laughs> I don't even know what to say to you right now.
3: No, okay. But you're talking to do about with fudge. Brownies. You're talking Yeah, did,
2: It does
3: not Did you make the holiday? Um, so, <laughs> we're talking about fudge like uh, you get at, uh, I don't know, Bass Pro Shop.
2: <laughs> you get fudge at Bass they Pro Shop? They have
3: delicious fudge at Bass Pro Shop. At Bass Pro Shop. At the Bass Pro Shop, they, they got, got all the kinds of fudge, and it's fantastic.
2: <laughs> okay. I don't know that I am ever going to buy my fudge at Bass Pro Shop.
3: Oh, you will. Just saying. Have you ever been to a Bass Pro Shop?
2: I have been to the. You went Bass to the Pyramid one. Yes. Oh
3: my gosh! And you didn't get fudge?
2: Heck no! We you didn't even know there. they had fudge. Okay. We did look up how much it costs to stay there.
3: <laughs> it's got a hotel in it. I didn't know yes. that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah.
2: That's uh-huh. dope right there. You know, you can go out on. Like, there's they have a balcony. Up at the top almost. It's not the actual uh, top. No. But yeah, you can
3: one of my one of my the only thing that I regret from that big road trip that my wife and I took uh-huh. is that we just drove right past that. Yeah. And I'm like, man, we could we could have carved out another couple hours. Yeah. And gone to that. But it we didn't really... but we didn't even know it was there. Yeah. Like we didn't we didn't know that it was gonna be there on the road as we pass it. We're just like, Oh,
2: that's the that's the thing. Yeah. It oh is very cool. It is very <laughs> cool. And we actually did really enjoy the dinner that we had there.
3: Was it too expensive to stay? In?
2: Um, I don't want to say that it was too expensive, but it was it's definitely on the pricey more side more than what you wanted to yeah. pay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, it's we pass it every time we go home.
3: Oh, right 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And so there was one time when we were finally like, you know what, we've passed this thing like six times. We might as well just stop. And that's really all that you need is just one time. Yeah. To be able to say that you've yeah. gone I mean, it's and you were there.
3: Still at I mean, it's still just a store, really. Yeah. At the base of it. It's, it's just <laughs> It's massive. But it's cool.
2: And yeah. It's a cool thing. Uh-huh. Cool experience. I mean you heard you heard I've been there. You've been there. Mm -hmm, Yeah, you've mm -hmm, heard mm -hmm. people do that all the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's one of the things I tell people. I've been Um, to the Bass Pro.
3: When we went, we went... I don't remember how long ago it's been now. Uh, It was within this last year. I just don't remember when. Uh, But (laughs) we went and they had like this... um, Like they have... Most of them have like a built-in shooting gallery arcade thing Mm -hmm. set up. But they had one set up that was like free down at the bottom. And so... Eli, me, and Daedra kept practicing on that thing for like 30 minutes, and I got real good. And I could hit all four of the animals perfectly every time.
2: Very proud of I'm you. I'm like,
3: this is fun. This is just pure fun Very right here. Very proud of you. But then oh, they also had like an archery thing, and that I stuck at.
4: <laughs> you, s- you stuck stunk.
3: at? Stunk. I was saying I was going to say sucked, and then I was going to say stunk. And I got both. You stuck. <laughs> I'm stuck at it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Actually, nothing stuck.
3: Nothing stuck. <laughs> Couldn't get nothing to stick. Couldn't get any of them ducks to fall down.
2: All right. So, just as a reminder, it is National Nutty Fudge Day. It has nothing to do with basketball. Yeah, Bro. what am I
3: talking about? <laughs> Nothing. How did we get all the
2: way over there? Uh, because you said Bad Pro Shop has the best fudge, which I'm still concerned
3: about. It's real good, y'all. Concerned about. It's real good. But
2: in terms of fudge, if I'm going to eat fudge, I want for it to have walnuts or pecans or something, some yes. sort of nut in it, yes. not just a chocolate square
3: <laughs> Uh, we're gonna make chocolate squares sound terrible.
5: <laughs> like chocolate
2: cube, really. Just this
3: cube of, just a brick of chocolate. No thank you. Yeah. But throw some walnuts in that sucker.
2: One and a half by one and a half cube of <laughs> chocolate. We can't do it.
3: <laughs> Gross. <laughs> so last week, Mo told the story of her son's recent esports event. Do you Woo-hoo! wanna give a quick recap of what that was? Woo-hoo!
2: I'm so proud of him. Cool. <laughs> okay, uh, so Topher is a part of the esports team at our our high school here in town.
3: Five A level. Five like A top level. Yep.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. I want to say that there's around 30 other kids who are a part of the esports team, and we have four. Games that I know they play uh, Rocket League, Mario Kart, Smash, and Madden. Madden. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that was the only four that they looked at. I think that's the only four right
3: now. Yeah. Yeah. But they're looking into getting a couple more next year.
2: Correct. Um, So our Mario Kart and Super Smash team qualified to go compete at the state level. Mm -hmm. Um, Mario Kart ended up coming in at second place. And Super Smash, which is the game that Topher plays, he's one of three, I guess, starters, um, and they have several subs, but um, they won that game. Yeah. Came out first in the state and then took first in the state for an entire esports team as a whole. Um, Really cool. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh.
3: So last week, they were interviewed on a couple local radio stations, including one where Topher was asked quite a few questions. And so we wanted to... Take advantage of our position here. And since it's our show, we're going to do what we want. And we're going to play that interfer- interview for you this morning. And uh, thank you to Big
6: 101.7 in Clovis, New Mexico for this clip. Uh, enjoy. Having a good time here in studio. We are joined by about 322 of Clovis's finest here in the studio this morning. We're excited about this because it's such a new thing, and you're hearing more and more about it, and we have state champions here in the studio with us, and we can't wait to talk to you guys about it. We're going to ask you to step up to the microphone one at a time here so we can figure out who we're talking to. Good morning, young man. What's your name? My name's Donovan. Donovan, very nice to meet you. What grade are you in? I'm a senior. You are part of the eSports team, and uh, what is your specialty game? We play league. Say again? League of Legends. All right. League of Legends. All right. Next to you. Come on up, young lady. Step up to that microphone. What's your name?
3: My name is Sierra Lucero. All
6: right, Sierra, what grade are you in? I'm a junior. All right, and how long have you been with the team? I know it's relatively new. Have you been with it since it started here a couple years ago?
3: No, uh, this is my first time. First
6: time, and what do you play? I
2: play Mario Kart.
6: There you go. I need to talk to you later because my daughter <laughs> keeps whooping my tail at Mario Kart, and I know that you guys can give me some tips. Right next to you, that uh, tall young man right over there. What's your name, young man? Fernando Loya. Very nice to meet you. What grade are you in? I'm a junior as well. And uh, what do you play? I play Mario Kart and Smash Bros. Uh, oh, uh, Smash Bros. That's the other one. She kicks my... B- I'm so glad you guys are here, man. I appreciate you coming in this morning. Step on up there, young man. What's your name? Uh, David Woods. David, nice to meet you. What grade are you in?
7: Uh, Tim,
0: sir.
6: And what is your specialty? Uh, Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers. Good. Mm-hmm. Y'all stay close. <laughs> we have a conversation we need to have. Hi there, what's your name? Uh, Topher Oaks. Topher. And uh, what grade are you in, Topher? I'm a sophomore. Sophomore. And what is your specialty? It was Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers. Okay, excellent. I told you, we have like the whole team here this morning. We're excited to have you. What's your name, young man? Oh, uh, My name is Ashton. Very nice to meet you. You have a radio voice. Someone sign him up. <laughs> yeah, you have a radio Hey Hey, uh, what grade are you in at? Uh, I'm a junior. A junior. And yes, what, what do you play? Uh, I play Rocket League. All right, here we go. One more. Let's step you up to the microphone before we talk to coaches here. What's your name? My name is Joshua Wimbish. Joshua, very nice to meet you this morning. Nice to meet you. What grade are you in, bud? I'm a junior. Junior, Clovis High School, and what do you play? I play Madden. Madden, okay. Yes, sir. The, the only Madden in the room. <laughs> I thought <laughs> yeah. I'd hear more of that for sure. Uh, I want to bring the coaches up as well and say good morning to you guys this morning as well. You can step right on over to this one there and we'll put you on that one. Good morning. What's your name for everybody? My name is Andrew Tippen. Thanks Thank for you. having us here today. It's super cool to see you, Andrew. I think I've known you for uh, quite a while. Quite a while, yeah, that's and, uh, true. Uh, glad to see you here in studio with us. Good to see you. And you are? Eric Wimbus. Eric, good to see you. And uh, you guys, we've got to talk about the shortcut. I do want to talk, and we're going to talk to Topher a little bit more here in just a <laughs> minute, about the team and their recent accomplishments. We'll, we'll save that for them, but we have to talk about the team as a whole because... This whole eSports, uh, uh, Class 5A, high school, this is relatively new, is it not? Uh, actually, it's very new. Uh, is it three years now it's been going? Yeah,
7: three years. Three years. Um, this is actually the first time, obviously, we won state championship. This is the first time that we've able been able to compete in person. Mm-hmm. The previous state championships were all remote play, and that's the advantage you can have with eSports. Obviously, our games every week are played remotely, and we just match up with our opponent online. Uh, but it, it obviously is a very new program. Actually, for Mario Kart and Smash Bros, this is the first year we've
6: had those. Okay. So we're, we're coming out of the gate champions of those immediately. Yeah, you guys come out of the gate swinging. Oh, absolutely. How does it work? I mean, what do the students get to choose a game, or are there games that they have to choose from specifically so that it matches up with the other high schools? How does that work?
1: Uh, so the games are basically brought about from the NMAA Mm -hmm. um, they work with a company called Playverse Uh, Playverse kind of manages the the titles the scheduling all the back-end items Mm -hmm. of the games the matchups so when it comes down to the games themselves We typically will know anywhere from a month to two months prior to the season starting. Um, And then we'll send out the information to the students, tell them we're going to have tryouts for these. These are the list of games. Obviously, we get a bunch of students that are like, you know, I'd really try out (laughs) if you had this game or that game. So it it makes it kind of hard to get everyone uh, or make everyone happy, I guess you can say. Uh, but we do the best that we can as far as the games that we're, we're providing.
6: It's teams. the esports team, relatively new Clovis High School, just a couple of years in. Kind of got kicked off during the pandemic. It was a good quality thing to do, and uh, students were going to be at home. Anyhow, how many schools in the state, or maybe even in 5A, I mean, do we have the likes of the La Cuevas and all of that, uh, Albuquerque and Roswell and, and all of that?
7: Oh, we actually, we definitely do. Uh, I think it was 68 schools this year, yes. right about. Um, and obviously, we're, it's divided up size-wise. The same way that all the other sports are Uh, So we're 5A of course You guys are 5A Indeed and actually uh, La Cueva is in Uh, We did uh, beat them Mm. In the uh, recent championship Which was very satisfying As always being from Clovis yeah. Uh, No but it's it's very involved I believe in the season it is all, All the size categories are mixed together But then it splits up In the actual finals matches And
6: how long is a season It's so new How long does a season Is this like a uh, two month deal You know Kind of like your football uh, Basketball Is
1: it you know A a spring sport It's considered Yeah it's considered A spring sport Uh, We start a little bit earlier Than all the traditional sports Mm -hmm. We'll start actually in January um, but it's it's about a two-month-long regular season and then about uh, an additional two weeks um, going into the playoffs and the finals.
6: We're going to bring one of the students back up, Topher, to the microphone right over here while we do. One more quick question. How many students do you have participating? I mean, it's so new, I would think that it would be a small, but you guys have quite a few that are... We do have quite
7: a few. I think it was just under 40, is that correct? A little bit over 40, yeah. yeah. It, it is. It's wild. And, of course... Um, the good thing about what uh, our program is, if we have overflow, obviously because these teams are three to five players, we can make additional teams and put them into the schedule so that we can have multiple teams for the same game playing on the same day. Very cool. And you have JV and varsity. I mean, uh, we we the uh, JV and varsity qualifications only come up for finals. Mm-hmm. So we'll have just A team, B team, C team, and we'll keep going until we have gotten all those students that want to play that particular game on that sport. But obviously, whenever finals come around, then we have to pick, okay, uh, here's all the best players You guys are going to be the varsity
6: team Representing us at finals That is very cool uh, Coach is there with uh, the eSports team One of those students uh, is Topher uh, Joining us this morning Once again, welcome back to the radio It's really good to talk to you, young man uh, Remind me, I know you just told me But there's a whole bunch of you here What is your uh, eSport of choice? I play Smash Bros Okay, Smash Bros So let's talk about that Let's talk about Smash Bros Let's talk about Mario Kart Let's talk about Madden uh, You guys went up
5: and you competed here On the state level What was that like for you? Was it kind of nerve wracking? What was that like? Oh, it was so nerve wracking. Uh, Personally, for me, I've never been to state for any sport besides esports. And so going in, it was it was such an amazing experience, though, going in and being able to represent as a varsity player at the finals was amazing.
6: And a little different than playing up against your friends, you know, or things like that. This this is for the
5: uh, for the championship. Oh, definitely. It was a lot harder. All right. So how did it go uh, on the state level? How did the team perform? So, as a team overall, we were the best performing team. Look, in he said that with oh, confidence, mm-hmm. and you should. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, so, best overall. Mm-hmm. And then the Mario Kart and Smash Bros. teams both went to the finals and got to play in the state finals, with our Mario Kart team falling to second, unfortunately. But then our Smash Bros. team, me and David are both part of them. Uh, we both actually won, and so we won state championship. There you there.
6: go. You guys won the championship.
5: And mm-hmm. do I understand, is it kind of a
6: cumulative thing where they kind of look at the season as a whole and you're scored throughout the season? And then,
5: of course, at the championship, is that kind of the way it works? So to figure out seeding for like the playoffs, they do do that th- through the regular season, but then once you get into the playoffs, it's more of a single elimination all the way down. Very cool. Congratulations on doing so well up at State, man. Thank you. And
6: for the entire team, really. And one more quick question. Uh, there are going to be folks that are hanging out with us right now. Uh, they may have kids. They may have grandkids. Maybe some of those students uh, hanging out with us right now who are like, man, I want to be a part of that next year, next season. What do they need to do? Who do they need to talk to? Uh, they can just... Uh Well, they'll obviously send out emails uh, and
7: do announcements at the high school. We can also have uh, freshman kids join us. We actually had one of our Mario Kart uh, state competitors was from the freshman center. Very cool. Uh, They can also uh, get in contact uh, with the athletics department. They'll have all that information available. Uh, And we did get confirmation we are adding NBA 2K next semester. Oh, very cool. There are rumors of other stuff that has to go through a long process of getting proposed and approved by the NMAA and the superintendents, but... We do we are getting NBA 2K. All
6: right, excellent. Listen y'all, there all of you, a congratulations. B super excited to have this available now at Clovis High School. Clovis School's doing cool things for our students uh, here in Clovis. We appreciate you guys coming in. You guys have a great day.
3: We hope you enjoyed that spotlight on uh, Mo's Sun and uh, LTN hero Topher and uh, the great work that he did with his team for eSports in our hometown. All right, let's take a break here. When we come back, we've got your weird news for the day.
2: Stick around.
8: This week in Nerd History, you read the Bible, Brett. This is the beginning of a
3: famous scene from Pulp Fiction, which premiered on May 12, 1994, at Cannes Film Festival. While this certainly isn't a movie for the whole family, it has had a cult following for decades, and its references can be found in all kinds of nerdy shows, such as The Simpsons or Community, with a classic episode spoofing this movie and My Dinner with Andre in the same 22 minutes. In this scene, Jules, played by Samuel L. Jackson, is ramping up to shoot this Brett character, but before he does that, he quotes a Bible verse he's memorized.
0: And I will strike down upon thee with great
7: vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee.
3: Quite expertly delivered. There's just one problem. That verse doesn't exactly exist. The first tip-off is that it is entirely too long to be a single verse, but the majority of it was completely fabricated to sound biblical, and the rest was misquoted. However, looking at the actual Old Testament, Ezekiel 25, 17 actually says, I will carry out great vengeance on them and punish them in my wrath. Then they will know that I am the Lord when I take vengeance on them. It's kind of similar to the ending of the verse in the movie, but the verses before that are entirely different, as it's the Lord saying to the Philistines that they are about to be punished for taking revenge and malice in their hearts because they sought to destroy Judah. So Tarantino took a bit of a dramatic license in the movie. Still, I'd buy an audio Bible with Sam Jackson reading it cover to cover. Real fast. Take my money. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more Nerd History. the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt.
2: And I'm Mo. And hey, make sure you're following us on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search for at the Back Row LTN and connect with us.
3: Now it's time for Mo's Fact of the Day. The largest
2: slab of fudge weighed 5,760 pounds. It was made in Ontario, Canada by the Northwest Fudge Factory.
3: That's a lot of fudge. (laughs)
2: 5,000. <laughs> 5,000 pounds.
3: All right. Now it's time for SSA news.
2: We're going to share a weird news story with you and build a white answer card for a future Sunday School Answers pack.
3: Enjoy this headline here. Uh, I drank a poop smoothie that gave me life-threatening diarrhea for Science. You ready for more? Uh-uh. <laughs> would you do it for the money? Question mark. 26-year-old Jake Eberts agreed to drink a life-threatening concoction of a cloudy, salty liquid containing Shigella bacteria, which is usually found in the poop of people who are infected, all in the name of science. He downed a shot glass amount of the liquid, knowing it would produce a miserable case of dysentery for the sake of University of Maryland's research, i.e., he did it in pursuit of finding a cure for the runs. Eberts was one of, uh, Eberts was one of sixteen healthy young adults participating in the 11-day inpatient trial in and attempt to test the effectiveness of the Shingella vaccine, and received a payday in exchange. Eberts said the symptoms of the trial resulted in the worst eight hours of his life, but he would do it all again if he was paid for his trial. The university said he earned more than seven thousand dollars. So $7,000 for for 11 days and only eight of which hours were the worst of his life. You think that's a good trade off? Mm -mm. Would you do it? Mm -mm. (laughs) He says, uh, I don't want to make myself out to be Mother Teresa here. I would not have done this for free. It's a big ass to uh, ask someone to get dysentery. Uh, I said, ask there, <laughs> <Just for anybody. laughs> big ask, ask to get, <laughs> uh, let's see here. The entire time I was like, wow, this is an awful disease. And I just got really emotional probably also because I was just delirious and the thought of small children and developing world dealing with this made him sad, um, Bacteria causes 600,000 deaths annually Worldwide there is no vaccine Available against the misery causing Bacteria and it's the second leading cause of Diarrhea death with the number One killer being the rotavirus for which Vaccines are available Um skeepy 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 That's about it Um Yep So his symptoms started about 40 hours After drinking the thing uh, complete with cramps and chills at first And then it quickly took a turn for the worse With a 103 degree fever Diarrhea, bloody stool, all that fun stuff It's disgusting He said, I truly felt like I could not move uh, He said, even just Getting up to go to the bathroom felt like a Herculean Effort uh, Every movement in the bathroom, I get up to wash my hands I could grab the paper towel, I would lie back down on the ground And just sit there for five minutes Whew.
4: He did it
2: all for the money
3: Whew. And he'd do it again and I'd do it again. Come
2: says. On the money.
3: And that brings us to today's white answer card.
2: The answer card we'll be adding to our future expansion deck of Sunday School Answers is getting dysentery. <laughs> this has been SSA News, sponsored by BackrowGames.com. I've got
3: dysentery. <laughs> All right, let's take another quick break.
2: When we come back, we dive into our main topic.
3: Stick around.
8: Like any awesome ministry, our existence partially relies on amazing people partnering with us financially. As the chief radio nerd and a nerd culture missionary, I have the honor of running LTN Radio, curating the music, planning out the schedule, editing several podcasts and specials, video editing, running the YouTube channel, the LTN Radio Twitch channel, being a part of the social media team, and of course, co-hosting the Back Row Morning Show four days a week. And all of this to share the love of Jesus with nerds and nerd culture. And while I do this, I'm looking for people to join my support team to help me take care of my family financially at the same time, as well as help fund any trips and tech upgrades that come throughout the year. If you are willing to learn more, please visit lovethynerd.com slash radiomat, or even reach out to me directly with any questions you might have. But even if you can't help me financially, I also covet your prayers for me and for all of Love Thy Nerd. Thank you for listening.
2: or don't, we're not your parents and we won't be mad, just disappointed.
3: This week, we're talking about mental health through the eyes of the MCU.
2: So far, we've discussed Moon Knight, WandaVision, Loki, and Black Widow and the Blip. And first of all, spoiler alert, we will be talking about a lot of key story elements to several MCU properties this week.
3: Secondly, trigger warning. Uh, This week, during these main segments, we have uh, discussed and will continue today some pretty difficult things that can be root causes for mental health struggles, grief, PTSD, etc. If you currently struggle to the point where hearing these things discussed could cause an issue, you might want to skip these topics. So for our final discussion, we want to take, uh, take to the latest Spider-Man movie, No Way Home, which was absolutely fantastic. Uh-huh. But in it, uh, we see, spoiler alert, of course, as we've been giving you throughout what the I entire week. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. We see the death of Aunt May, and subsequently, we see all three Spider-Men showcase their grief over losing their Uncle Ben, uh, or Andrew Garfield losing, uh, or Andrew Garfield Spider-Man rather, mm-hmm. losing Gwen Stacy, uh, and you could see, especially with the latter, how it affected him. Grief is a powerful emotion, and one that is hard to shake, even for believers, when we know someone we lost is in heaven, and we're going to see them again. Today... We're going to talk about grief with our friends from Discord. We've got Ky and Brother Mod. How are you two doing? Good evening. Great. Good morning. What I don't even know what time it is. Oh my! <laughs> fabulous. Keep up the illusion, Brother Mod.
2: We <laughs> gotta keep them thinking. What am I supposed
3: to say? Good it was, morning. It's early in the morning right now. Good day across all good, of America. Good appropriate time of day to you. <laughs>
2: yes, there we go.
4: Beautiful. <laughs>
3: So, first of all, what y'all think about Spider-Man No
4: Way Home? I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah?
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, I I think it's the best thing that uh, Marvel has done. I, it was,
3: I mean, dang good. Mo, did you like the movie?
2: I loved it. Yeah. So loved good. it.
3: Mm-hmm. So, what about, let's let's specifically talk about that scene on the rooftop where mm-hmm. they're trying to, uh, the, two, the two visiting Spider-Men are trying to... Uh, comfort, essentially, and, and connect with through this kind of shared grief and idea of grief with uh, and, uh, 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 Tom Holland Spider-Man. What did y'all think about that scene, how that was pulled off, the emotion of it, all of it, to connect with it? Go. Is anybody there?
4: Yes. <laughs> yes. No, particularly um, Andrew Garfield, for yeah. sure.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like his his situation, where he's talking about how, as time went on, he let it make him bitter. Like oh. that that was something that, whew, so 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 easy to do, mm-hmm. so easy to do, and difficult to get out of once you start going down that road. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we saw, um, a little bit of that payoff. A little bit, kind of a, a redemption from that, with him being able to save um, MJ during the big, you know, finale. Like that was a very touching moment, where you could tell, you know, where they, they they did that beautifully. Where it's him uh, catching her from falling, saving her life, asking while crying, "Are you okay?" Hmm. And then her saying, "Are you are you okay?" <laughs> yeah. But like they did it so well. Like that was yeah. the scene that made me want to cry up. And I'm glad it didn't go longer because I would have cried every time I've watched it. Um, but I guess what y'all are really here for, because that's just the, the leaping off point. We're looking through different ways that these kind of things are handled in MCU, but only briefly. So this week we've really just used that as a as a stepping stone towards a broader conversation on how we handle grief. So as I have that set up, it is often hard for us, uh, even as believers to, uh, deal with those emotions and, you know, every, every, uh, funeral I've been to, which have been too many lately, you know, the, the pastor always kind of says the same things, you know, we, 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 we mourn, but we don't mourn without hope. Uh, and while in the long run, that's a comforting thing in the moment, it doesn't feel that way. At least to me, uh, in the moment I want to be miserable because I feel like if I'm, if I'm not miserable in this moment, then that means I, I don't miss them enough or I don't know. It sounds ridiculous to even say out loud, but like it's, it's it's a hard emotion to really wrap your head around because it's like your whole brain is going full force (laughs) to experience that emotion. Sure. Am I crazy? What what, what do do y'all have to say? No. Like uh, there was a
0: sermon that I heard uh, years and years ago now um, where the pastor was preaching on a, on the topic of grief specifically in in the wake of a a funeral. it was a, it was a tragic and sudden loss. That nobody expected. Um, And uh, he brought up, um, oh, death, where is thy sting? Mm. Mm. And then he stopped and he paused for a moment and he said, here, the sting is right here, right now.
4: Mm.
0: It doesn't stay forever and it won't be with us forever. And we have hope to look forward to, you know, that that being healed yeah, in eternity. But the sting is here and now. Uh, it's not that it no longer exists. It's just temporal and temporary. Uh, but that doesn't make it any less sharp.
3: Right. Yeah, I've always interpreted that verse as meaning the person who has passed on is not really feeling the sting of death because you're... You're not really going to death. You're going to eternal life, and so yeah, just seeing that from you know those who were left behind situation, like yeah, absolutely, I get that totally. Um, we lost uh, my mother-in-law. Yeah, and I've said it a billion times on the show since then. But we lost my mother-in-law last September, and there's still not a not a week that has gone by where. Uh, me and my wife both haven't at least broken down one time over it. Yeah. Like it's, it's a, it's a heavy thing. And there's like, uh, you know, I mentioned, I have a, a Bible study that I'm running at my church right now. And we talked about this also, uh, this past week. And there's like, I realized there's five of us in there that in the last three years or so have lost, uh, a parent. And none of us are are any better (laughs) right now than we were, Mm -hmm. you know, a, a year or two ago when it happened. Like, you know, we're better than the week of. We're better than, you know, the immediate hit. But since then, the way we've been from, you know, month two onward has remained the same. Yeah. And I've never really had to you know, deal with this since before, like I had my father died uh, a few years ago, uh, right before COVID actually. So a little bit before COVID he got to miss that. Thank goodness. And then my mother-in-law and these two things, like I, I, I cried about my dad last night, uh, because I had, I had written a song for him and it, and I happened to hear it, um uh, mm-hmm. last night and, or run across it rather. And like it, it, it hurts a lot. And it's hard not to, at least for me, you know, feel some of those bitter emotions, like not necessarily against God, not not like I'm like, uh, you know, God, how could you have taken them or let this happen kind of thing? Just mad that it happened at all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Angry at the absence.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: Uh
3: course you, you Mo have some experiences with this too.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's really kind of sad because I feel like the last several years have been, our family has been hit with a lot of death. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it started with my mother-in-law and, um, then my father-in-law passed away and my husband's grandmother passed away. My grandmother passed away. Chris's closest uncle passed as passed away. Um, and then, Um, one of Chris's best friends, dad's also passed away and these were all people that were very close to our family and, you know, just within what, four years time, five years time, all of the death piled up on top of each other. It, it, that's what it feels like. It feels like it just continually piles up. And that, that bitterness that you feel that why does death even have to be, mm-hmm. you know, um, it only compiles the, the more frequent that it happens.
4: So yeah, it's difficult.
3: Okay. I'm well, dear, are You doing okay.
4: Yep, I'm just telling my husband that he's not allowed to talk to me right now.
3: <laughs> well, we want to hear some of your thoughts, if that's all right.
4: Oh gosh, I have to go first. Okay.
3: Well, we've all been um, talking.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so um, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man experience has always kind of connected with me because it was it it had shock and when when Gwen fell i think we all kind of expected him to catch her yeah and and we all had that same horrified moment just that split second of knowing her head actually touched the ground and um and just that just that split second where where we even questioned is that what i actually saw and and so his face in the current movie in the no way home movie and just the, the horror that went across his face was just really resonated. Um, (laughs) dang it. So, okay. So I, I'm talking about, um, our experiences losing babies. Mm. (laughs) So this is a good story as a redemption story. So it just doesn't start out that way. Um, So in 2012, um, we got pregnant and um, unlike our first two, it was not premeditated Um, and we know how it happened. So, you know, there you go. But um, (laughs) so but with the first two, we had we had been married six years before we decided, you know, I think we really just, you know, we want to have a baby and, um, you know, We we knew how it happened, so it worked out, and so we we were we were able to get pregnant right away, and we know that we're very fortunate in that respect. And um, and then again with our second born, you know, we're like, you know, really feeling that baby fever. You know, got pregnant right away again, and um, so but this time we weren't really trying. We we had a three year old and a six year old. We it wasn't on our radar at all, and whoops, and we got pregnant. And so I'd never. I hadn't I didn't really experience the same type of pregnancy joy that I had in the others and that was on me and I know that God used this Uh, I'm a big Romans 828 person. Uh, You know, God uses all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He does not tempt us. He does not, you know, visit these horrific things on us, but he can use them. And so um, I really had a stink attitude um, at that point. I was just like, what am I going to do? I have, you know, a toddler and a preschooler. What am I going to do? And um, and so I was about. I think uh, 16 weeks along and, or eight, eight, I'm sorry, 18 weeks. And I was like, you know, this is weird. I feel like I've been feeling kicks, but I don't feel kicks anymore. And I called the office and, and the office was like, oh, well, you shouldn't really be feeling anything yet. It's too early, but you can come in for a stress test if you want. And I did. And there was no heartbeat. And I had gone by myself. I had not expected in a million years that I was right. Um, and that was, that was it. And I remember, um, I remember just sitting in the parking lot, uh, of the office and just telling Charlie, I was like, I can't drive home yet. I'm just going to sit here until I can drive home. And that was, um, when hurricane, is it Sandy that hit, uh, New York, New Jersey? I think um, so. Yeah. But, uh,
0: that was a uh, super strong, Yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah. And Amanda Carroll was on Caleb and I had put Caleb on because I really just didn't even know what to do at this point. And this is before I could have music on my phone. So um, I had Caleb on and she was talking about um, Hurricane Sandy and just about um, when life hits you like a hurricane (laughs) and Mm -hmm. and. Every song I heard on K-Love from that point forward, I was like, I feel like the lyrics are real now and I get it. And it's not just I'm not just singing it. I'm not just, Mm -hmm. you know, hearing these things. And isn't this awesome? It was every single line became deeply personal. And like the Lord was speaking to me. And um It just so that that was just it was it kind of transformed the way that I hear music. And um, so eventually I was able to drive home and we were still in denial and, you know, went and got a second set of ultrasounds and a different place entirely. And, you know, she was still her heart had stopped. Um, We found out later um, she had Down syndrome and um, having a weak heart is a uh, one common Hmm. um, side effect of having down syndrome and so um she had stopped growing around 15 or 16 weeks and then her heart stopped um at 18 but she was not born until 20 weeks so a couple for a couple of weeks I still had to carry her um, walk around looking pregnant with my two boys and well-meaning people. Um, you know, oh, do you hope it's a girl? Yes, it is a girl. Um, are you excited? Yes, you know, and, you know, what are you going to do in the grocery store? And little old ladies, you know, want to talk to you about that. And, of course, then my children would pipe up and, oh, no, our sister's dead. You know, we have oh, a sister. She's man. dead. And, you know, that's, I that's, I'd never, I'd never thought about, you know, oh, do you hope it's a girl being, you know, something that was potentially you know, offensive until that happened to me. And now I'm like, wow, that's really none of my business to comment on. <laughs> but, um, just spending those, those couple of weeks, um, looking pregnant, feeling pregnant and knowing that she was already gone. Um, was a very, uh, I don't really know how to describe that, but it was an experience. I was, um, I would assume traumatizing. So <laughs> I'm traumatized traumatizing thinking about it. A little bit. My goodness. Um, <laughs> So, um, so anytime we have a baby, when you get that little, you know, six or eight week ultrasound, when they look like a blob, we pick something to call them in the womb. So we don't spoil names. And of course we don't know the gender and the boys had gone with us to her ultrasound and they had decided she looked like a pickle. So we had always been calling her pickle, um, in the womb before we knew she was a girl. And so when we went in to the hospital for me to be induced so that she could be born, um, Uh, After she was born, the nurse came in and um, she just had this weird look on her face and she said, "Um, you guys called her pickle, right? And we were like, yeah, she said, "Um, "Do you know that today was National Pickle Day? And we were just like, wow, God, like he just he sees us like he just... He just, he, I, I really just felt like it was the Lord saying like, I see you and this will always be her day. And, um, when she was born, we were just so excited to see her and we have a picture of that. It's on our piano, um, of Charlie and me holding her and seeing her for the first time. And, um, so, but those, those dates kind of started becoming traumatic for me, um, seeing, uh, you know, when, when we got pregnant and I started to dread in any, any date associated with anything coming along with her, um, gestation and getting the different ultrasounds and things. And then, um, a year later we found out we were pregnant again. We had gotten pregnant somehow on the exact same day, had the exact same due date. Um, again, completely my accident. Uh, and, um, then we lost that baby also, And, um, that was really hard. And so I just, uh, when it came time for the date around the, um, when we found out that we had lost her, um, which was just a couple of days after Charlie's birthday, um, I just, I, I just wanted to be sick and I wouldn't even look at the calendar. It's just my body would just know. And I would just have this sense of dread and, and just trauma and, um, so every time those dates would come around, it would just be just a horrible experience. And I would look at the calendar and realize what it was. And then when her birthday came and went, um, I I lost about a month. I don't even remember um, that month. And again, looked back and said, "Wow, that was when she would have been born." Um. So then, fast forward a couple of years, and we were just um. It wasn't even, we we were super careful after that. just like, no, I just can't do this right now. And, um, we drove out to visit my grandma and family in New Mexico and, um, see them. And on the way back, um, I realized I was pregnant. Did, had not even, we, it just, it just happened and, uh, ended up having the same due date again. Um, so July wow. 4th, a great holiday, apparently. Um, and, um. Uh, so we uh, we found out we were pregnant again, same due date. And I was just in, I was in terror all the time. Um, I wanted to be pregnant. I was excited about being pregnant. We wanted this baby and I was just... Horrified with every new day. I was just scared and I had a lot of praying and a lot of listening to music. I had to cull all of my music, things I'd loved for years, loved singing for years, um, musically, but the lyrics, I could not take it. Mm-hmm. And I had to really guard what I allowed in my space. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we found out that um, the baby was healthy and every time one of my dreaded dates came around, God redeemed it with something lovely with this new strong, healthy pregnancy. And, um, those dates did not hold any more trauma for me. And, um, we had a spectacular home birth, uh, within two days of when she would have had her birthday. And so now, all of those dates are associated with our youngest. And, um, he is just, he is such a source of joy. Just like since he was a baby, everywhere he goes, he spreads it. And I just know that God has just used him and used his life and spoken through him to redeem all of these things that were traumatic. And it's not, I don't put it on my youngest, but I just, um, I just receive it as some of God's faithfulness to us and um just to change uh my view um of uh having children with um disabilities having um pregnancy loss having my kids be affected by that because they still talk about their sister and they still count her when they are you know counting how many people are in our family they say are we supposed to count violet when they ask it, and I'm like no just living kids and And so they're going to grow up to be men and husbands who are tender to miscarriage and infant loss. And I am just so grateful that God can use these experiences to shape my kids for goodness and for health. And, um, you know, I just and I'm yeah, So, I mean, I, I just, I feel redeemed. I feel, I don't, I'm not glad it happened, but I am glad I serve a God who can use anything to create a victory story. And, um, even if we hadn't had our youngest, who is a delight and is obsessed with Mo and (laughs) Matt too, but really Mo is his favorite person in the whole world. (laughs) And, and, and brother Maude, actually, since he's on this call too, he's, uh, He's his buddy, and um, so he just, he loves all the LTN people. He is the biggest fan, and um, I'm just, um, I don't know that he ever would have existed if we had, if we had had all of those children. I don't know what God's plan would have been. Um, I just know that I'm grateful for the ones that I got to keep, and mm-hmm. I'm really, really grateful that we get to see her one day. Um and she um she actually um went in uh went to heaven the same year that both of my grandpas did. And so um they're just and my actually one of my grandmas also, so they're um they all kind of arrived around the same time and um they're not lonely. So mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't let me go first next time. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Ky, okay, well, thank you so much for sharing that. It it mm-hmm. it's, it means a lot that you're willing, uh, first of all, to share that with us on the show. But um, you mean a lot to us too,
5: mm-hmm. and
3: I, okay, I think man. that you you've shown uh, perfectly here one of the things that I wanted to uh, be a lesson to take away from this, and that is, you know, our our grief isn't always something that, or probably, um, I would assume, pretty much never something that we can just one day be free of. We can't just get rid of it. But that doesn't mean that we can't surrender it to God to give it a purpose. And I yeah. think that in, in, in that you've shown that exactly, is that you, you have surrendered that, that grief, that pain, and asked God to use it for his glory and he has redeemed that moment and i think that the the best way to handle grief uh, from a human perspective is to keep that memory alive just like you're doing um you know i talked about it over christmas that one of the ways that uh, my wife and and uh her sister are gonna keep my mother-in-law's uh Memory Alive is continuing to do the Christmas cookie tradition that they've been doing for the last decade or so. And uh, we even printed out little stickers that say Grandma Tina's Christmas cookies, you mm-hmm. know, on them for, to put on all the boxes. And, uh, like, it's it helps. <laughs> it's not helping us, you know, forget the fact that we're sad that she's gone, but it is helping us remember why we loved her in the first place and why mm-hmm. it was so important for her to be here uh, for the time that we had her and how grateful we are for that time. Yeah. Um,
4: I feel like um, Violet, we named her Violet, um, which is, again, the irony. We went in with a couple of different names and didn't want to pick one till we saw her. And as soon as we saw her, we both agreed she was Violet. And um, ironically, from the series of unfortunate events, Violet Baudelaire, which was not in, intended that way, it was just one of the names and it, it fit her perfectly. And uh, every year when I post about her and I post her pictures and her little fingers and her little toes and her little elbows, um i feel like she is like an ambassador for the unborn Mm. at this point and that people can see the humanity in a 15 week old baby um that's still in utero and just see all her bits and see how she is loved and see um and just kind of feel like yeah this is a person and um that she's kind of a Like you said, her life served a purpose. Right. Um, Even though we didn't get to see her until that, you know, that earthly life was over. She still served a purpose and Mm -hmm. continues to.
3: That's beautiful.
2: Mm hmm.
4: Um, I wanted to
2: throw in here. I saw a quote several years ago that said grief is like throwing confetti or glitter into a room. You can clean it up. You can vacuum it, but eventually you're going to find the remnants of that glitter mm-hmm. or that confetti. All of a sudden mm-hmm. it's just going to show up and it, oh, I thought I cleaned that up. I thought I got rid of that, mm-hmm. you know. Um,
3: As a church janitor, I'm well aware of the problems mm-hmm. with, <laughs> with, with glitter.
2: Yeah. Um, but it it is so true. You know, regardless of how much time passes, grief never really goes away. Yeah it changes and it it looks different and it feels different but there will be times when all of a sudden it hits you and it feels fresh
3: yeah.
2: and that's just how it is natural
3: mm-hmm. 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 brother mon do you have any uh, anything you want to add to our discussion here
0: um yeah i mean i'm not coming from a place of having lost any parents yet or particularly close loved ones. Um, I haven't gone through any of that kind of loss or separation yet, but um, there are two things that kind of spring to mind uh, about grief um, that I think could be illustrated well in that rooftop scene from uh no way home. Okay. Uh, the first is the idea that um, uh the first two Peter Parkers that we uh as a society were introduced to went through their losses alone. Mm. Um when Toby McGuire's Peter Parker lost his uncle. There wasn't anybody there to talk to. Yeah. To help him process. All he, all he had was his anger and to go after the man who he blamed.
4: Mm.
0: Um, when Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker lost Gwen, it was just him there holding, holding her body. Um, and he didn't, he didn't even have the time like the luxury of time to mm-hmm. to process it yeah. or to do anything with it he just had to he just had to leave yeah um tom holland's peter parker started that way right um he had to he had to leave his aunt behind broken in the rubble while mm-hmm. being fired upon And he fled to a rooftop to drown in his solitude and despair. Um, I think that's probably the most human and relatable thing that I have ever seen out of the MCU, Hmm.
8: Um,
0: is him sitting on that rooftop, just broken and breathless. But the thing that he had that the others didn't were Ned and MJ. Mm -hmm. And they didn't do anything except just crush into him and hold him. And it reminded me of how Job's friends first responded uh, to Job's tremendous losses and that's the type of response I always want mine to be Um, whenever anybody is grieving yeah Um, the other thing is that even though um, all those people came around Tom Hollins, Peter Parker, the way they did. And he had people who loved him, who were supporting him. He had people who had been through it um, who could meet him where he was and explain their story and how how they dealt with the grief. There is still a part of grief that is always going to be private and personal. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's an aspect of it where it isolates um, and there's no real way around that um, and it is like you said it doesn't it doesn't really ever go away. The loss becomes a part of you, and sometimes one of the most one of the most painful things about grief is when you when you don't feel it and you feel like you should Mm -hmm. and the guilt and the guilt that comes in afterward. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's just one of the things that I thought Mm -hmm. that, uh, that was just incredible in that scene is in just such a short span of time they showed just how we should be treating one another, yeah a lot When of, dealing with any kind of grief, a mm-hmm. lot of depth
3: to that, yeah mm-hmm. <clears throat> well um I think that was good <laughs> i mean we, as good as as good yeah this as, good, as good discussion
2: can be yeah. this
3: this um this whole week has been about you know mental health issues, and you know we we haven't come at it as as uh, being experts or anything, and there's certainly a lot more complicated issues out there when it comes to actual clinical diagnoses of certain um, things that you know we haven't even touched on. But this is more base level mental health um, and trying to keep yourself in check. and And to end on this one for the week, I think is uh, fitting in that you know. Grief often signifies the end of something. And it's also one of the most lasting um, issues that you can have that can affect your mental health if uh, if you aren't able to process it correctly. Mm-hmm. And I would dare say most people don't process it correctly for a while at least <laughs> because um, it's painful every time. And it doesn't matter how many times you've experienced it i'm sure it's always just as painful uh every time it happens but um like we said the the way to handle it, it, it as best you can is number 1 to to try <laughs> to not just give in to not let it just uh rule your life and let you become bitter uh number 2 to do your best to hand it over to god to lay it at the foot of the cross And ask him to make something beautiful out of it. And uh, also to find uh, comfort in people that care for you. And that know what you're going through, or at least know that you're going through something to where you just need someone to cry on on the shoulder of. Uh, All these things are, are helpful. All these things are good we talked about groups. We've talked about accountability. We've talked about therapy this week. And all of these can be good things, too, when overcoming this. Um, we've talked about Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery uh, it started as a program for, you know, addictions and things, but has expanded to be uh, things, you know, anger issues and, and mental health issues. They even started a mental health initiative, mm-hmm. Um a few years ago that was specific in trying to break the stigma that the church has with this. Um, if you are experiencing a level of grief that is seriously disrupting your life to the point where it is keeping you from doing the things that you should be doing, it's keeping you from uh, handling relationships. It's keeping you from, from moving on. Then something's got to be done about it. You can't just let it fester. You can't just let it sit there and grow because that's going to do a disservice to the person you're grieving. That's, that's really going to take the memory that should be, should be of the person that you love and informed by that and make it something uh, disastrous in the end. And so you owe it to the person that you're grieving To handle that grief correctly and to help uh, turn that grief into uh, to give it a purpose, to help give it a purpose, to help give it meaning uh, that will last on and even be sort of a legacy for the person that you have lost. And so with that goal in mind, (laughs) do what you can to, to get help if you need it. And certainly find uh, refuge in the Lord as much as you can, because he's going to be your biggest strength in these hard times and uh, your biggest comfort. Uh, You want anything to add, Mo? No?
2: Um,
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I really want to say coming from a place of experience, um, what I'm going to say is not said— just from out of nowhere. Um, Grief can change you completely, can completely alter your mindset. Um, And it happens without really even knowing, without any warning, it happens. Um, And I want you to know that if you have found yourself in a place where you are heavily grieving, the loss of someone um, that is okay. It is okay to grieve. Mm
5: -hmm.
2: You know, we know that Jesus wept. We know that he wept over the loss of his friend Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he knew what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. He knew that Lazarus would walk again. Yet he wept. Grief is okay. However, if you find yourself in a place where it just feels overwhelming and it feels like it is just absolutely too much that you yourself on your own can handle, please, first of all, know that that does not negate your relationship with Christ. It does not mean that you are not strong in your faith. It does not mean that you're not leaning on Jesus. However, there are things within our brain that we can't even control that just need to be rewired sometimes. And so seek counseling. That is probably the best advice that I can give you. It is not Mm -hmm. a weakness. It is not um, diminishing the healing that we get through Jesus. It is only going to add to and increase the healing that you will eventually see. Your grief will never fully go away. It will never fully end. However, you will be able to remember the person who you are currently grieving with joy because your brain will be rewired. As silly as that may sound for me to say, (laughs) I've witnessed it. I have seen it. I have lived it. Sometimes counseling truly is the only way. Mm -hmm. And uh, along with Jesus, I should say, but... (laughs) It is a good pairing.
3: Yep. Well, Brother Mon, KY, thank you again so much for joining us and sharing your hearts. Um, probably more so than ever. <laughs> this mm. was a tough one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we, we really do appreciate it. It means the world to us, actually, that you would join us today. Um, we're going to go ahead and close out the call and close out the segment, but thank you all so much.
2: We love you
4: guys. Thanks, thank guys. Thank you. We love you too.
7: up nerd are you enjoying this podcast well the audio enjoyment doesn't end there tune in to ltn radio for the best christian rock rap pop and indie 24 7 not to mention a whole network of podcasts shows specials and shorts many of which air on ltn radio before they're available anywhere else join us at LTNonair.com to see our schedule stream our station and download our app
2: Welcome back to the Backroom Morning Show. I'm
3: Mo. And I'm Radio Matt. Before we go, we're going to answer a couple ask us anything questions from Twitch.
2: Today's two questions <laughs> come from our friends KY and brother Maude. KY wants to know would you rather sleep with no pillows or four pillows?
3: Four pillows,
2: I guess. Four pillows. Yeah. yeah. Uh uh-huh, cuz I don't have to have four pillows under my head, right? Like that's not the question. I can put one under my head, two under each arm and one in between my legs, right? I like, that's en- how I, can
3: I envisioned them all under your head. No. I was just hoping it they'd just be says, thin pillows. No pillows or four <laughs> pillows.
2: I'm just going <laughs> to cocoon myself into a pillow.
3: All right. And
2: then Brother Mod wants to know who is the best ninja turtle.
3: <sighs> like I want to say Mikey. But that's just because he's the most like, charismatic and fun Ninja Turtle. So I guess the real answer is it's not Raphael. Because Raphael is too hot-headed. Okay? See,
2: I like, Ra- yeah. <laughs> I like
3: you Raphael. you like Raphael. You would. Okay? I relate
2: most. You would. Yeah.
3: But it would either be Leonardo or Donatello. Leonardo's a leader, but not always the smartest Donatello's pretty smart and pretty inventive. Use a sweet bow staff. I'm gonna say Donatello. Wrath. Mm. <laughs> oh, Christian All Ninja. Way. Thank you so much for that raid, yeah. everybody jumping in. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, just have? in time for it for probably watching me vomit. So no. jump on in. This is our, our final segment coming up here. But let us uh we gotta do uh, our first for the day here
2: recorded outro
3: so, yeah so what we're talking about right now for you listening on the radio is uh we we've been doing taste tests at the end of our twitch streams for a while and we've got uh probably a doozy coming up for this it's one so if you're hearing this on the radio then you can come and see the vod on uh, our twitch channel if you'd like to twitch.tv slash ltn on air um But uh, yes, welcome. Thank you for all the follows. Thank you. Uh, And uh, Mo, let's end with our verse for the day. Our
2: verse for the day is 2 Timothy 4.18. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever Amen.
3: And that's going to do it for the back row with Matt and Mo. We hope you enjoyed our discussions and hope you'll join us again for our next show.
2: Check out lovethynerd.com. It is positively jam-packed with articles, podcasts, and videos that cover a wide range of nerdy topics. And just like any ministry, we are largely supported by those willing to partner with us financially.